So, good evening, everybody. Tonight's class is titled Holy of Holies. We're beginning chapter 51 of Tanya. And we're going to start off with uh, perhaps a classical question. Classical question, and that is, if I, this is a question many children ask, as well as adults, of course. And the question is, if Hashem is everywhere, then what do we mean that we go to Shul to pray because it's a holy place? What do we mean that the temple, the Beis Hamikdash, is a holy of holies? Uh, how do you have holy of holies if every place is holy? How does one place become more or less holy than a second if Hashem is everywhere? Well, isn't that like saying food is everywhere, but I go to the supermarket to buy food? Okay, and that's a good point that food and you are separate. So food is everywhere, but food is not everywhere. I could make my, own, cannot... I could make my own food in my backyard if I want to, just like I could build a little shul in my backyard if I wanted to. You can, but you don't have a shul there right now. Ah. But, you, but you do have Hashem there right now. Yes. You know, and one of the things that this pandemic has showed us is Hashem is everywhere. We could pray in our home. We could learn Tanya over cyberspace. So Hashem is everywhere. This we know as a fact. So then what does it mean that Hashem is one place more than another? Dr. Malov, question clear? Oh, yes, the question is clear. And what Tanya is going to do is it's going to continue and tell us, from my flesh, I see Hashem. If we're going to look inside of ourselves and think about the soul within us, we'll answer the question. Let me give you an example. Not an example. But let's talk about this for a moment. Your soul itself is higher than division. What does that mean? Our soul is much greater than being divided into pieces. It can't be divided into parts. Our soul is so great, it cannot be affected by the greatest sin that we could do. No matter what a Jew does, he can't affect the deepest part of the soul. That's on the one hand. So on the one hand, the soul is everywhere. The soul cannot be divided into parts. On the other hand, the soul is divided into 248 parts, each part of our body getting its specific point. Let me give you an example. Imagine if the power of your eye went to your nose. Maybe your nose would start to see. And your eye would start to, and your eye would start to smell. If, if your power of walking from your soul went to your hands and the power of holding went to your feet, uh, we, we would be monkeys. Every soul gives life to the body, but it also gives each body part the energy it needs. So again, we have the same contradictions. On the one hand, the soul is everywhere. It's higher than division. On the other hand, the soul gives every part of the body 
what it needs. So the same question we have, how could Hashem be everywhere? And yet we say one place is greater than the other, we have within our own body. Let's see this inside and then we'll explain the answer. Here we go. It, within, the ta- within the Tanya, we're on page 266. Or you could click the link and share with us online. To return to it. So Tanya, just to clarify, it's first going to start off with a reference from chapter 35. However, I'm not going to refer back to chapter 35 at this time because Tanya is going to introduce a, a, a question that's going to be answered in a later chapter. So we'll review the question and the answer um, as we get there in time. But let's read it together. To re- chapter 51, to return to and further to elucidate the expression of the Yanuka mentioned earlier in chapter 35, it is necessary first to explain so that may, one may understand a little. We'll have a, a little bit of an understanding. The subject of the indwelling of the Shekhinah. Let's, dis- un- let's discuss and see if we could understand the idea of the Shekhinah. What does it mean that Hashem dwells in certain places? Which rested in the Holy of Holies, and likewise, all other places where the Shekhinah rested. What is the meaning of this? Is not the whole world full of His glory? And surely there is no place void of Him? So Hashem is everywhere. So what do you mean that Hashem is dwelling in one place more than another. Good evening, Shmuel. Ah, so Tanya continues. The clue to, to the understanding of this is to be found in the text. <laughs> My flesh, I see God. Eoiv, Job, he tells us that if we look at how Hashem created our bodies, we'll be able to see a, a deep understanding of God. The analogy is from the soul of a human being, which pervades all the 248 organs of the body from head to foot. So the soul gives life to each one of the 248 individual limbs of our body. Yet, its principal habitation and abode is in his brain. Your Your brain is the primary dwelling place of the soul where it is diffused throughout all the organs, each of which receives from it vitality and power appropriate to it. Okay, so the main dwelling place of the soul is in your brain. And from there it gives the specific energy that each limb needs. According to its composition and character, the eye gets the power from the soul for seeing, the ear gets the power for hearing, the mouth for speaking, and the feet for walking. As we can clearly sense that in the brain, one is conscious of everything that it is affected in the 248 organs and everything that is experienced by them. So how do we know that the soul has a specific connection with the, each one of the individual limbs? Because each individual limb, if it has a little pain in it, it's going to hurt the brain. Right? I'm sure you've had a little pain in your finger, in your toenail. If you've ever had ingrown toenail, you, it, it, that, it's the lowest part of your body. And yet your brain is affected. 
because your brain, your neshama, which is in your brain, gives a, an individual connection to each limb. Okay. So now we've established that the neshama gives an individual connection to each limb. Because remember, if not, your, your eye would not see and your ear would not hear. Each limb is getting the individual connection and that is why when something in that limb happens, it affects the brain. But now the soul itself is higher than division. The soul itself is more pure. It's so pure. It has no connection to division, 248 different limbs. So how are there 248 parts? Morbash, is the question clear? Let's try again, Morbash. The neshama is pure and it has no division. So how then does it divide into 248 parts? If it doesn't divide, so why are, you tell, why are we saying that there's 248 different parts within it giving life to each limb? Give, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down, Morbasha. Thumbs up. Okay, good. Good. So, what's, what, what are we going to learn? Hi, Moshe Mendel. That, <clears throat> and, and this is something incredible. The neshama itself is pure. It has no division. However, the moment the neshama is released in the body, 248 energies are also released that were enclosed in the soul. Listen to this detail. It's a very important detail. You know, sometimes when one thing happens, it puts into effect the second. Here's what we're saying. We're saying the soul is higher than division. Mark, you're following with me? Listen to this. The soul is higher than the vision, but the moment the soul encloses into the body, 248 energies that were hidden within it are revealed. So we have the soul that is higher than the vision, and we have 248 energies that are revealed I think if we read the words of Tanya, it will be clearer than me explaining it. Let's try and then I'll explain if needed. But last paragraph from page 266. Now, the variation in the acquisition of power and vitality by the organs of the body from the soul, these, the fact that there's 248 different types of energy coming from the soul is not due to the soul's essence and being. The soul's essence does not have 248 energy. For this would make its core and essence divisible into 248 diverse parts, vested into 248 items according to the various forms and locations of the organs of the body. If we would say that within the that the soul itself is divided, ooh, that would be a problem. If this were so, it would follow that its essence and core, that it would follow that your soul are fashioned in a material design, in a likeness, in a, 
and form resembling the shape of the body, heaven forfend. God forbid. Our soul is not limited. It's much greater than that. To go and say, we could easily say that our soul has, has uh, we could easily say that our soul has 248 parts to it and it goes with it. But you're limiting your soul. Your soul is much greater than that. In each one of us, is this incredible energy that's much, much greater than that. It's, it's so great. It doesn't, it doesn't even have the ability for division. Heaven forfend. Look at those words. Heaven, God forbid to say that our soul has division within it. Rather, our soul is entirely a simple, a, a single and simple spiritual entity, which by its intrin intrinsic essence is divested of any corporal shape and of any category and dimension of space, size, or physical limitation. Let's stop here for a second. Let's just focus on this idea. It's this is crazy. We're saying that everybody, Mark, Dr. Malav, Morbashka, Moshe Mendel, Shmuel, Myra, everybody here, each one of us has a soul that is truly priceless. It, it is greater than any decision. And this just reinforces to us the power of, of, each, of, of a human being, the power of a Jew, the preciousness of a Jew. The, the, in the Jew is the indivisible God, the highest level of Hashem. And today, when, we talk, when, when unfortunately we see um, negative energy between one Jew to the other, we have to stop it. We have to look at each other and say, you are a piece of God. You are a piece of Hashem to the highest level. I love you. I want to love your fellow as yourself. We're all one. We're all part of this indivisible God. It doesn't make sense on the one hand. How could we, be, we all be part of something that has no division? Don't worry too much. Don't worry too much. We're all... We all have within us the highest level of Hashem. And yes, we can answer that question as well. Wow. This reminds us of chapter 32. How we have to love each other, appreciate each other. We can't let anything get in the way of our connection. Rabbi okay. Schneer? Yes, more Basha. What about the five parts of the, the five um, levels of the soul. Ah, well, that's exactly the question. What about the two? And, and to add to that, we're saying here there's 248 parts of the soul, one in each part, in each individual limb. Mm -hmm. So this is it's confusing. Is the soul indivisible? Or is there 248 parts to it? Or like you're saying, do you have the five levels of the neshama? Nefesh, Rach, Neshama, Chai, Very good. It's not making sense. I'm, I'm glad that the... the is identifying the, the soul with the brain. Because earlier in the Tanya, he was talking about the heart and the left ventricle and all that. And that always upset me a little bit because, because it, uh, it's, it's much more, um, I don't know, uh, natural for me to think of that the soul is somehow associated with the brain. Ah, it's beautiful you say that. Because actually I've been, reviewing, I've been reviewing Tanya as we're coming to close. And um, yet, so we learn that the soul is, the godly soul is primarily in the brain. Um, 
but it's also in the heart because remember the heart represents emotion. So the soul is connected with intellect, with emotion. Yes, yes, yes. But here we're talking about the brain. So, so if our soul is greater than any division, where does division come from? Now, I'm not a math expert, so I, I, if you ask me that as a mathematician, I couldn't explain it. But I could explain it to you in Kabbalah. It is therefore, back in Tanya, let's see it clearly. It is therefore impertinent to say, in relation to its core and essence, that it is located in the brain of the head more than it is in the feet. Since its core and essence are not subject to the dimension and category of physical limitation. So, regarding the essence of the soul, Actually, Dr. Malov, I want to take it back for a second. Regarding the essence of the soul, we're learning here that we cannot say that it is more in the brain than elsewhere. It's equally everywhere. You with me, Dr. Malov? Uh, but, okay, but I, I thought he just said that it was in the brain, but I'm, I don't know. That's what... Ah, ah, what's in, what's in the brain? What's in the brain? Let's continue. Dr. Mello, if I don't answer that question by the end of the chapter, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll address it. Okay. But, so, so what have we established? The essence of the soul is, it has no division. You can't take more one place than the other. But there are contained in it, in its intrinsic essence, 613 kinds of power and vitality to be actualized and to emerge from concealment. Wow. So here's the catch. The essence of the soul is higher than the vision. But the moment the soul comes into the body, there are 613 powers that are now revealed that were within it. So you have the essence of the soul, now, within, now, the essence also has in, within it powers that need to be actualized. They need to be activated. So as a soul comes into the body, there's also 613 powers that are activated in order to animate the 248 organs and 365 ve veins of the body through their embodiment in the vivifying soul, which also possesses the corresponding 248 and 365 powers and vitality. So, the essence of the soul is higher than division, but when the essence comes into the, to the body, so then 613 powers that were within it are revealed. Not the essence, but powers within it. And it is regarding these powers, these lower powers that are revealed that we say that they're more in the brain than everywhere else. It is with reference to the flow of all the 613 kinds of powers and vitality from the concealment of the soul into the body in the process of animating it that it has been said that the principal dwelling place and abode of this flow of life 
and as this manifestation is situated entirely in the brains of the head. So regarding this energy that's now going to be divided within the different parts of the body, it's primarily in the head. And therefore, they first receive the power and vitality appropriate to them. The brain comes first, according to their disposition and character. And what does the brain include? Namely, intellect, and the faculty of thought, and all that pertains to the brain. So the brain is going to get the highest portion, so to say, of this energy. And not only that, but also the sum total of all the streams of vitality flowing to the other organs is also contained and is closed in the brain that is in the head. Because since the brain is the, is the source of the energies that are now going to be subdivided, so all energies are, are within the brain. It is there that the core and root of the said manifest flow of the light of vitality of the whole soul are to be found. So, Dr. Malov, going back to your point of the soul being in the brain, that's talking about a much lower level of the soul. The essence of the soul can't be subdivided. You can't think it's here and not there. It's everywhere equally within your body. But these powers that are revealed, once the soul comes into your body, these individual powers are primarily in the, in the brain. Is he comparing the brain to the Beit HaMikdash? Ah, we're gonna, we didn't get there yet, but that's what we're going to get, yes. From there, a radiation is diffused to all the other organs, each of which receives the power and vitality appropriate to it in accordance with its disposition and character. So every, every um, body part is going to get its particular energy from the brain, the faculty of sight reveals itself in the eye. The faculty of hearing manifests itself in the ear and so forth. But all the powers are going to flow from the brain as is known. For therein is located the principal dwelling place of the whole soul in its manifest aspect. Again, the soul, the essence of the soul is everywhere equally. But the soul the way it manifests is primarily in the brain. Since the sum total of the vitality that is diffused from, from it is revealed there. Now, however, the power of sight is not revealed within the brain. You don't, your brain doesn't see. Only the individual powers of the said general vitality shine forth and are radiated from there into all the organs of the body. Much in the same manner as light, as light radiates from the sun and penetrates rooms within rooms. So you have the energy within the sun. You have the sun also has a light within it. But when it's revealed, it goes into the rooms and, and illuminates them. And concludes this page. Even the heart receives vitality from the brain. And therefore the brain has an intrinsic supremacy over it as has been explained above. So every part of the body, even the brain, even the heart receives from the brain. And this explains one of the principal ideas in Hasidus, which is that your brain rules over your heart. Meaning no matter what type of pleasure or no matter what type of, of 
uh, desire a person may have, his brain can't control it. A person is not able to say, I had no control over my heart. We have control over our heart and the rest of our body. Our brain can, t- our brain can control our heart. It's hard. At times. Sometimes we feel like we're completely lost in this lust for something, but we can't control. And that's because everything comes through the brain. So let's summarize. We started off with a question asking about how you could say Hashem is everywhere and at the same time say that Hashem is more revealed in specific places. And we started by explaining that our soul has the same question. Our soul is higher than division. And yet we find that our soul subdivides into each part in particular. So we explained no, the essence of our soul is higher than division. But when our, the essence of our soul comes within our body, so 613 different powers are, reve- are revealed together with the essence of the soul, those parts are broken up and go into each part individually. So can you say, when you look at someone's brain, that there's more soul in their brain their brain, the rest of their body? I don't know how you would do that. (laughs) Well, okay. But tell me again. Let me ask the question again. When you're looking at someone's brain, do you see more soul? Oh, okay. I understand. You can't look at their brain. When you look at someone's head, do you see more soul than in their hand? The answer is yes. You see more soul. Because the soul is revealed. The the powers within the of the of the soul are more revealed in the hand. But is there more soul in the hand in the head than in the hand? No. Let me say that again. When you look at the head, do you see more soul than in the hand? Yes, because in the hand you don't see soul. But is there more soul in the head than in the hand? No, the soul is everywhere equally. So the revelation of the soul is greater in the brain. But the soul is the same everywhere. Could you like nod your head if it made sense or, or, or argue or something? So what you're really saying is my soul is divided equally between my head and my hands and other parts of my body. I have to argue on the first, on the second word you use. You use the word divided. You said your soul is divided equally. And I have to say, no, your soul is not divisible. Your soul is everywhere equally because it's just everywhere within your body. It can't be divided. Okay. If, okay. So I, I guess I look in practical terms that there's a, a soul pie and that the pie is carved up between certain parts of my body. But what you're saying is that pie is all encompassing my entire body and it sits in my brain, it sits in my palms, it, it, it sits in my hands, it sits on the end of my nose. Yes, the essence of the soul is right. equally okay. everywhere. 
Go, go ahead, go ahead. Really what you're talking about is a kind of a divine energy connection, if, if I understand from everything else you've been saying. Divine energy connection. Well, yeah, the relation from... Maybe that we're, we're talking about the nishama, the soul, the divine energy within you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's affects the, the anger on toenail and affects everything else. Correct. But what we're learning here is that that energy cannot be subdivided. It's so great. The nishama within you, Shmuel, is so great, it can't be divided into parts. Well, oh, yeah. Yes, Myra, you had a question? Okay. But, to just finish this point, we do find our neshama is more revealed in our brain than in our hand. That's talking about a much lower part of the, neshama, of the, of the soul. It's talking about a power that, that's like revealed. So, if I tell you that there's more, brain, more soul in your brain, it's talking about a very low level of your nishan. If I tell you that your soul is equal everywhere, that's talking about the essence of your nishan. Confusing. Or maybe it's not confusing. It's, it's, we just need to think about it. And that's what Tanya's going to tell us. The same thing. Hashem is everywhere. But it's talking about the essence of Hashem. And it's not revealed. What does it mean that there's a shul, a Beisah Knesset? What does it mean that there is a, a temple, a Beisah Migdash? What does it mean that the holiest place on earth is the Beisah Migdash, the Kleisla Maravi, the Western Wall? That means Hashem is revealed there, but it's the lowest level of Hashem. The essence of Hashem is equally everywhere. Let's start that together. Let's start it and we'll... we'll Page 270 in the time. Exactly like the soul is equally everywhere. But a revelation of it is greater in the brain than everywhere else. In a truly like manner, figuratively speaking, does the ain't so blessed as he fill all worlds and animate them. And in each world, there are creatures without limit or end. There's an incredible amount of, there's a limitless amount of creatures within each world, myriads upon myriads of various grades of angels and souls and so on. That's within each world. Within each world, there is an unlimited amount of energy. Now, there's also continued an unlimited amount of worlds. And likewise, the abundance of the world is without end or limit, one higher than the other. So we can't say, so, so basically what we have is we have a limitless amount of energies within each world, and we have a limitless amount of worlds. But what we end up is with a, a limitless amount of limitless. We have an infinite amount of infinite. Smoke, you're following with me? An infinite amount of infinite? All the the infinites are a little hard for me. <laughs> They're to all one infinite. But no, the reason that we're stressing this is because if you would say that Hashem's essence is, is subdivided into all these infinites, so you're actually saying that Hashem's essence is subdivided into an infinite amount of infinite, that's terrible. 
That's terrible. The essence of Hashem can be broken up into an infinite amount of infinite. That's, that's really limiting. No. The essence of Hashem is greater, is everywhere equally. There's no breakup. Now, the core and essence of the angel of blessedness, he is the same in the higher and lower world. As in the example with the soul given, given above. And as is written in the Tikkunim, that he is the hidden one of all the hidden. You steam what they call steam, and meaning that Hashem is equally hidden in the highest world and, and in the lowest world. This is to be understood that even the higher hidden world, he is hidden and concealed within in them, just as he is hidden and concealed in the lower. For no thought can apprehend him at all, even the higher world. Thus, as he is to be found there, so is he found in the very lowest. Wow, this is really powerful. The greatest angels have an equal understanding of the essence of Hashem as we do. And that is zero understanding. Hashem's essence is equally within you and me. And within Malach Gavriel and Michal Rafal and in the in the chariot, Hashem's essence is equally everywhere. Okay, so we've answered step one, right? We started off asking how could Hashem be everywhere. So the answer is Hashem is everywhere. His essence is everywhere equally, including the highest and greatest world. But so where comes the difference? Where does the difference come from? The difference between the higher and lower world is with regard to the stream of vitality which the angel of blessed is he causes to flow and illuminate in a category of revelation out of concealment. So the difference between all the worlds is what's revealed. Which is one of the reasons why the influence and stream of this vitality is figuratively called life. One of the reasons why Hasidic Kabbalah always uses the word or light as, a, as an analogy for godliness is because light within it, within the luminary, you don't realize there's light. The moment it comes out, it becomes a something. Revelation out of concealment. Thereby animating the worlds and the creatures therein. For the higher world we see in a somewhat more revealed form than to the low. And all creatures therein receive each according to its capacity and nature, which is the nature and the form of the particular flow with which the angel of blessed is he imbues and illuminates it. So the essence of Hashem is equally everywhere. The difference is regarding the revelation of godliness, the higher world have a greater revelation and the lower world have a lower revelation. But remember that revelation is not the essence of Hashem. But the lower world, even the spiritual ones, do not receive the light in quite such a revealed form. But only by means of many garments wherein the angel of blessed is he invests the vitality and light which he causes to flow and shine on them in order to animate them. So, the higher world the revelation is much greater. In the lower world, there's a lot of concealment. 
Schneer? Yes. What exactly, what exactly are the higher and lower worlds composed of? Is it, it almost sounds like it's more metaphorical, but we, why is it, why is it, why are there multiple higher worlds and multiple lower worlds and what exactly do they encompass? That's- I'm, Thank you. Thanks for asking, Michael. <laughs> anytime. What is a higher world and what is a lower world? Yeah. Yes, it's a good question. The word world in Hebrew is, call it out. Olam. Olam. Olam comes from the word, anybody? What's the source of the root source of the word olam? It's not a, it's not a nice source. The source of the word olam is helam. What does helam mean? Hela? Helam. Hey, I am lamid final men. Mem so fit. Helam means concealment. Okay. The word world, the word olam means helam, means concealment. The idea of a world means that we have something that is, it's a world. It's an existence concealing ungodliness. So when we talk about higher and lower worlds, we're not talking that there's Pluto and Mars. Yeah. We're, saying in, we're saying there's different levels of concealment. Hmm. You have a higher world means that there's less Helen, there's less concealment. A lower world means that there's more consumed. The lower, the the more worlds means the more concealment. The less worlds, less concealment. So when we use the word higher world, it's a reference to being higher, meaning fewer. Higher meaning closer to Hashem and fewer concealment. Lower worlds means more concealment, further away from Hashem. Does that help, Moshe Mendel? Somewhat, I mean, but it almost points to like a an attitudinal state of, of a human being. It's, it's more willing to. No, to let me let me clarify. Our world is the lowest world. world. The idea that there could a physical be physical world, right? The, the the idea of a physical world is the lowest of all worlds. Within spirituality, there's worlds. The idea for, that somebody could feel that he is in existence outside of God, just the mere fact that someone could feel that they are in existence outside of God, that means that they are already in a world that is quite distanced from Hashem. The greatest world, the highest world, is the world of Atzilus, which means Eitzel. It means close to God. However, it's very close, but already there is the idea of division. There's the idea of ten sephiros. In God's essence, like we're saying now, there's no division. So the, the, the first level of concealment, meaning the first world, is the idea of division within godliness. But it's still very close to God, meaning it's the the beings within that world are one with Hashem. A soul that comes from the level of Atzibos is 
completely united with God in a revealed sense. Okay, well, we could pick this up further. It's, yeah, it's tough. Because but we'll get there. Talking about unity we, and, and not division and now it's, yeah. It's, it's tough, but we will get there. What, what I'd like to do, although it's getting a little late, is I'd love to finish chapter 51. It's going to leave us really with some good, good energy. Let, let's give it a few more minutes. We'll give it about another five minutes. Page 270, right-hand column, these garments. These garments, wherein the ain't so blessed is he invests and conceals the light and vitality, are so numerous and powerful that, they, that thereby he created this very corporal and physical world. So for Hashem to create, a physical world, a world where we feel that we're completely separated from Hashem. You could feel devoid of Hashem, God forbid. You could do the opposite of what Hashem wants. The, the amount of concealment that were necessary to create that are, are extreme. He gives it existence and animates it. Hashem gives this world existence by the vitality and light which he causes to flow and shine forth to it. So yes, there is godliness that is shining forth, but it's a light that is closed, hidden, and concealed within the numerous and powerful garments, which hide and screen the light of vitality so that no light or, or vitality whatsoever is visibly revealed. So in this world, the revelation, remember, let's go back to that point. The essence of Hashem is equally everywhere. The difference of one place to the next is in the revelation. Within this world, there is no natural revelation of godliness. No light or vitality whatsoever is visibly revealed, but only corporal and physical things that appear life. You're able to look at, at items in this world and think there's no life there. Yes. Now, oh boy, oh boy, this, this is, this, this is an, a highlight. This is a highlight. So you could look at this world and you could think you're completely devoid of God. And remember, this is our mission. Our mission is to look for the items that are devoid of God. God forbid you could find a human being, a person, and you think they're devoid of God. But what we need to know is, and my Shemendel and Shmuel, you asked about the world and concealment. Listen to this point. Within the no matter how many concealments there are on something, let's take an orange. No matter how many shells are around that orange, in its essence, you'll find the orange. No matter how many concealments there are, no matter how many garments a person may be wearing, you may not see godliness in them, but the essence of God is within them. Let's see that inside. Yet, no matter how many garments there are, you can look at this world and see, think it's completely devoid of God, but no. They contain light and vitality, which constantly gives them existence ex nihilo. There is consistently godliness within each item in this world that they shall not revert and become nothing and not as they had been. And where does this energy come from? The fact that you're able to sit on a chair, the fact that you're able to wear glasses, the fact that you're alive, the fact that you have a body, the fact that this light comes from the ain't self, blessed is he. Ain't self, the infinite, except that it is clothed in many garments, as is written in a time. 
that the light and vitality of the physical orb of Earth, which is seen by mortal eyes, mortal eyes, is derived from Malchus to Malchus Asiya. So, the the globe, the world, comes from a low level. Without getting into the specifics, but let's just know it comes from Malchus of Malchus of Asiya. So there's four worlds. So the energy of the world comes from the lowest world. And within the lowest world, it comes from the lowest level of the lowest level. Okay. it's a, Yeah, the, the earth comes from a very low level. But listen to this. In it is contained malchus of the higher level and so on. And inside of that level is contained a higher level that is contained a higher level. So that in all of them are contained the ten spheres of Atilus, which are united with their emanator, the angel flesh of the deep. You know, we talk about in, in Kabbalah, we use the words Seder Hishtalshalos. Hishtalshalos means the chain, the order of, of, of chains. Seder Hishtalshalos. It's missing to me, like perhaps the proper uh, translation. But, but it means, the idea is that it's the order of chains. A chain, you know, are interlocked one to the other. And Hasidus always uses this word. Kabbalah always uses these, this idea of Seder that one thing coming from the next, because if they come from the next, you know what that means? One from the next. That means at the end of the day, no matter how low they are, they are interrelated to the highest level at some point. So no matter how low we may be, we are connected to the higher level until the highest level. Remember, when we see a, another Jew, we could, no matter how low we may think he is, but within him is a level which, which has another level, which has another level that is the essence of God. Let's recap the chapter. Let's recap the chapter. How could it be that Hashem is everywhere and we say he's more revealed in one place over another? Well, we said the same thing is with the body. The soul is equally everywhere, yet the soul is in the brain more than everywhere else. So we said that's referring to when we say that the brain is everywhere, when we say Hashem is everywhere, that's talking about his essence. When we say that the brain is greater in the, when we say that the soul is greater in the brain than everywhere else, when we say that Hashem is is more in the Holy of Holies than everywhere else. That's talking about its revelation. And we concluded by saying that this world is the lowest of low. And we can't see a revelation in this world. But we need to know that no matter how dark things get, we can always trace them back to the essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem is within everything. This chapter did not finish the analogy. We spoke about the brain, but we didn't finish like talking about explaining how the Holy of Holies has more godliness. Like we, we haven't fully finished the analogy of the brain. That's going to be continued in chapter 52. I want to thank everybody for joining. And I hope you have something you could take away.